<laughs> yeah. Zion tells me every morning how many days it is. He's, he keeps us on track. Um, reminds us how quick it's coming up. Who is the most organised person and is fully ready for Christmas in this room? Anybody? Oh, maybe not. We all wish we were there, right? I've got a few more things to do. I'm assuming you do as well. But we're getting there. There are a mixture of feelings around the Christmas season. There is joy and excitement and fun and time with family and friends. And I love seeing all the lights and the Christmas decorations come out and it's that sense of anticipation. In our house, we like to do Christmas baking. We watch corny Christmas movies all the time. We play records because Glory has a record player and so she plays all the old school records for us. And it's a really nice time of year where we slow down and we spend time as a family. But there is also a sense of busyness. Tiredness, exhaustion, rushing around, trying to get everything done before Christmas Day, right? Kate talked a little bit about this last week when she introduced this series. Before I start, I'm just going to pray. Lord, I just thank you that you are here with us. You are such a good God. I thank you for your great faithfulness. You're just so steadfast and sure in a world that sometimes isn't that way. Lord, I just, I'm so grateful for you. I pray that at this time of year, in the midst of the busyness, that we will be able to remember the real reason we celebrate this time, that we will remember your son coming to earth and changing everything. I pray that through this series that you would speak to us through your word, I pray this morning for open hearts, that you would help us to be able to respond to you this morning, that we could let the busyness of the week fall away and be able to just be and receive, and also to connect and encourage each other in fellowship, Lord God. We give you praise this morning. Amen. So this carol is not really that old in comparison to a lot of our other traditional carols that we like to sing. So Silent Night from the 1800s, that's a common one, or even from the 1700s like Joy to the World. This carol was written in 1941, so it's only 82 years old. Carol of the Drum, as it was originally called, was written by an American composer named Catherine Kennicott Davis. She typically wrote material for like amateur or girls' choirs. The story is that one afternoon she was taking a nap and in that space of like dozing, she heard a song in her head that was a French, French song called Patapan and it's also about a drum. But in her mind as she dozed, the Patapan changed to Parumpa Pum Pum and that's the beginning of this song. So Carol of the Drum appealed to the trap family singers. It rose in popularity after they recorded it on their album in 1951. And yes, the Trap Family Singers, the very ones you're thinking about, that were represented in The Sound of Music. So The Sound of Music in our house was a beloved movie. Must have watched it, what, a hundred times, Mum? Yeah. <laughs> Any other families that loved The Sound of Music? Yeah. It's a great movie. So the Trap Family Singers were the first to record 
the carol of the drum, and they performed it many times. You can actually look it up on YouTube and listen to the original recording, if you would like. The song was then recorded as a single by a guy named Harry Simeon Corral in 1958, and that is when it became an enormous success. Carol of the Drum was later retitled The Little Drummer Boy, and there have been many renditions over the years. One of my favourites is by a band called For King and Country. Who likes that version? It's a pretty great one. So The Little Drummer Boy is now considered to be a popular Christmas carol and is sung at Christmas time all around the world. So I've got a cute little Christmas boy picture that will have come up. The story of The Little Drummer Boy is not based in scripture. The carol tells the story of a poor boy who is invited to come and see the nativity of Jesus. He has no gift and so he plays his drum for the newborn king. I was thinking while I researched this carol, I wonder why she picked a drummer boy. If you do a Google search, there are so many artworks, paintings, all sorts of things about the little drummer boy. And it's usually the same setting. It's the manger scene with Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus and the animals and the shepherds and the star and the drummer boy. So we have just accepted that the little drummer boy is a part of Christmas. But I was curious, and so I started looking, and as I looked, I realised that it's really important to note when this carol was written, because 1941 was right in the middle of World War II. So now we have another little drummer boy picture. Drummers were historically used in battle. They weren't always children, but many of them were, Especially during the American Civil War, drummer boys as young as nine came to serve in the army. I have a nine-year-old. Doesn't that blow your mind? Sorry. Ah, here I am. So, these little boys needed to be incredibly brave since they were often vulnerable and unarmed in battle but they kept time for the marching troops and they often used the drum to communicate messages across the battlefield. I can imagine that at this time, with the world at war, with so many young men dying at the front, that Catherine bringing a little drummer boy to see the birth of Christ in this carol would have been a really beautiful and touching picture. This military nod made a lot of sense for the time in history that this song was written in. When I look at this carol, the main thing I see, the whole theme of this carol to me, is come. That's it. Just as the drummer boy was invited to come to the newborn king, to come to Jesus, so are we. The carol starts with these words. Come, they told me, a newborn king to see. Our finest gifts we bring to lay before the king. The invitation is to come. Come to the king. Come to Jesus. Coming to Jesus is the beginning of everything. The first step. The beginning of our faith journey. The beginning of surrender. Of us laying down our own way of doing life 
and is seeking the Lord's plans for us. Coming to Jesus is the beginning of repentance. The first indication that we are open to him changing and growing us. The whole reason that Jesus came was to seek and save the lost. That's what we read in Luke. God sent Jesus to earth to make a way for us to come to him. Jesus being born as a human baby and then going on to lay down his life for us on the cross changed everything. John 14, 6. All right, here we go. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus wants us to come to him. He invites us to come. The carol continues. Little baby, I am a poor boy too. I have no gift to bring to lay before the king or before our king. It is often assumed that Catherine wrote this song with the magi or the wise men inviting this little drummer boy to come and see the baby Jesus. And I can imagine this little kid when comparing himself with these great men with gifts of like gold and frankincense and myrrh to come and bring to the king, he probably felt pretty unworthy. He had nothing of significance to bring to baby Jesus. But isn't that like us? What stops us from coming to the king? What stops us from coming to Jesus? Do we feel worthy to come before him? Of bearing our souls to him, of standing before our Lord and presenting ourselves to him as we are, warts and all. Maybe our thoughts are a little bit like this. Am I gifted enough? Am I strong enough? Am I faithful enough? Am I disciplined enough? Am I a good person, really, when it comes down to it? Am I a good enough Christian? Am I successful enough? The list can go on and on. The question that we're all really asking is, am I worthy to present myself to King Jesus? Will he still love me, even with my shortcomings? You know, we overcomplicate coming to Jesus, especially as adults. Kids do way better than we do. I think that's why Jesus tells us to become like little children, because they have great faith. They have simple, trusting faith can learn a lot from kids. So the first point is we are invited to come as we are. Jesus just wants us to come to him. He doesn't say to us, okay, here's your to-do list. Once you get yourself sorted, then you can be good enough to come to me. No, he just invites us to come as we are. God knew that this world needed saving. That's why he sent Jesus in the first place. He knows that we all need a saviour. He knows us through and through, the good and the bad, and he knows that we don't always have it all together. It says in the word that he knows our innermost being. Nothing is hidden from God. No matter how hard we work, 
to get our spiritual disciplines in place or to check off enough of our good works boxes, no matter how hard we work at making ourselves appear to be an amazing Christian, we won't measure up. 1 Samuel 16, 7. The Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. People see the outside. And let's be honest, we often want to look a certain way or present ourselves a certain way for other people. But God, he sees our heart. That's what matters. That's what matters most is our heart. He wants our heart. Answering Jesus' call doesn't require perfection. It just requires a willing heart that's ready to change. So my second point is we are invited to come to him with our burdens. That's the amazing thing about Jesus. He doesn't just leave us in our mess to sort it all out alone. He loves us too much. Jesus invites us to come to him with our burdens. Matthew 11:28. Then Jesus said, "Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest." So not only does he say, "You can come, bring it all. I can take it." He also says that he'll give us rest. But it is important that we read that next part. Verse 29 says, Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden that I give you is light. It's a pretty awesome promise. Jesus doesn't leave us where we are. He sees the best in us and he wants us to grow and live our best lives. Parenting is a bit like this, right? It's not just feeding and clothing our kids and giving them a roof over their heads. We love our kids so much. And so we want to help them with their struggles. We want to support them and help them to grow. And so we give them guidance and advice and sometimes consequences to help them. Sometimes it's hard to do these things. But as parents, we can see the big picture and we can see that this is going to benefit them in their life. That's why we do it. We know it's for their good. And our Father God, he's the same way. We just have to trust him, to trust that he sees the big picture and he knows what we need. God wants us to be free from the burden of sin. He desires for us to be free and to live in that freedom. But in order to gain this freedom, we have to be willing to hand over our control to him. And that's hard. Handing control over, it's hard. We all want to be in control. Let's be honest. <laughs> but we need to be able to submit to our Father God. And he promises to walk with us. And if we allow him, he will guide and teach us and he'll help us to grow and transform. And then he promises that if we do this, that he'll give us rest. 
not just a power nap, but true rest for our souls. The carol continues. Shall I play for you? Mary nodded. The ox and the lamb kept time. I played my drum for him. I played my best for him. And then he smiled at me, me and my drum. My last point is that we are invited to come and worship. Jesus' birth was foretold in Isaiah 700 years before it happened. I love this scripture from Isaiah. It's Isaiah 9, verse 6. Is that right? Yes. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. Does this person seem like someone we should worship? Yeah. Thinking about the birth of Jesus, we are in awe, amazed and enthralled by the almighty God in the form of a human baby. Fully God and fully human all at the same time. It actually blows our mind to try and comprehend this. The all-powerful God of the universe is a vulnerable little baby. This newborn king truly was a miracle, just as Kate said last week. Just as the drummer boy bought what he had, the gift that he had, and played his drum for baby Jesus, we are also invited to come and worship him, worship at the feet of our king. We are invited to bring our best to the Lord, to worship him in spirit and in truth. This is all Jesus asks of us, not perfection, but to be genuine to bring ourselves as an offering to him, the real us. Are you giving your best to the Lord? Are you making time to just be in his presence? Are you allowing time to listen for his voice when you pray? These were the challenges for myself this week while I was writing this. I don't think I ask this of myself enough. Do we make space for our Lord. It can be so busy getting through life, especially on a Sunday morning. I remember it well when my kids were really little. We'd rush around getting everyone ready, getting them out of bed, getting them dressed, wears everyone's shoes, getting them in the car, get to church, race in, find a spot, sing, listen to the word, go and get a cuppa, chat to somebody, chase the kids, chat some more, get in the car, go home. And there were times that I was on automatic the whole time. Maybe it's just me. Did I take time to engage with the Lord? Probably not. Now, of course, it's important to note there are opportunities to engage with the Lord during the week, not just at church. And there are some seasons of life where we are in survival mode, particularly when we have to go out with small children. And I totally get that. But this was just an example. There is a difference between saying hi to someone and taking time to connect with them. 
it's very easy to say, hey, how are you going? Hope you've had a great week. It's amazing to see you. Bye and keep walking. And there's no connection there. How different is it when someone stops and actually says to us, hey, how's life? How's that thing you were doing last week? Did it go okay? I know work's been stressful. How are the kids? Pretty different, isn't it? Completely different when we take time to listen and actually connect with somebody. When we do this, we're showing them that they're important to us, that we value them. This is how we build friendships, and it is exactly the same with the Lord. Are we truly taking time to connect with him, to listen and to slow down enough just to sit with him? Do we take time to intentionally build our relationship with our God? Do we show him that he is important to us? Does time with the Lord actually show up on our priority list? It's a challenging thought, isn't it? The carol finishes with these words. Come, they told me, a newborn king to see, me and my drum. This is a reminder that we are invited to come to Jesus, to come as we are, to come with our burdens, and to come and worship him. Can I have the worship team come join me? We're going to play this carol in a little bit, and it's not the typical version. Drummer Boy typically has drums in it, but this is a little bit more (laughs) laid back. But I would love to invite you all to just take a deep breath. Let's open our hearts and prepare ourselves to respond to the Lord, to truly listen. Jesus' birth, his death, his life and his death fully changed the course of history. Through him, we are able to come to God and able to be in relationship with him. Through Jesus, we have been released from the power of sin. In looking at this newborn king lying in a manger that we see so often at Christmas, we can see the salvation for humanity. 1 Timothy 2.5 For there is one God, one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Jesus Christ. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. Because of God's great love, He sent his son to die for me and for you. Because of Jesus and his sacrifice for us, we get to live in freedom. We've been given access to eternal life because of him. And we're invited to be in relationship with the God of the universe. But ultimately, it's still up to us. Like any invitation, we get to choose if we accept it or not. I've asked the prayer team to be ready. We're gonna, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to respond today. So you guys can make your way forward when you're ready. The worship team are gonna play this carol for us.
And I would like to give three different groups of people an opportunity to respond today. The first is, if you have never committed your life to the Lord, if you would like to surrender your control and give that over to Him and live in the freedom that He offers, then I invite you to come and respond to His invitation. If you have made a decision to follow the Lord, but you feel like you haven't been coming to Him and letting Him carry your burdens, so often we carry them alone and He's just waiting for us to bring them to Him. I would like to invite you to come and lay those burdens down. And if you feel like you haven't been giving your very best to the Lord, if you feel like you're just going through the motions and not truly connecting with Him and worshipping Him, then I would like to invite you to come. Our God is so patient with us and so faithful to us. But the first step is coming to Him. 